All right. Hey guys, welcome to the Fearless Woman podcast. I am your host, Amanda Smith, and today's episode is a little bit different. Also, we're releasing this um, not on regular schedule, which is fine. We, I say we, I really wanted to share a little bit of my story. Um, I'm not going to start from when I was born and tell you about how I grew up in church and yada, yada. Um, but I want to tell you a big part of my story that I don't think a lot of people know. Um, and so with that, there's no fancy intro, outro announcements, ads in this episode. We are just going to jump right into my story. Um, I really felt like this is something that I needed to share, not for my own purposes. This is actually really hard to share, but I want to be open and I'm, we're always talking about you. We need to be vulnerable with each other and show each other the real stuff and the hard stuff. And that's partly what this show is about. And I really hope that this identifies with some other people because I guarantee you this is probably happen to someone that's listening right now and you might feel crazy and that's kind of always the the case right we think oh well I'm the only one who's ever really felt this or gone through this or whatever and that's usually not the case um also I sound like a man today so I apologize um this week was a long week of teaching and it's just got me a little run down so um I want to jump right in to you're probably like, what is she going to say? <laughs> what is she talking about? Um, yeah, I'm just going to jump right in and and hopefully um, these words would not be my own, but that I feel like the Lord will use this um, because like I said, I don't necessarily love sharing this. I used to. Um, <laughs> I used to really love talking about it, but so... <clears throat> For those of you who don't know, I grew up in Dallas. I grew up in North Dallas in McKinney in the suburbs and grew up in church. Here I said I wasn't going to tell you my life story, but here we go. <laughs> grew up in church, uh, worked for churches as an intern for many years from like 14 to age 20. And I don't even know if it was like if that was allowed, if they could hire you at 14. It's kind of weird to think about. Went on to Washtenaw Baptist, got my bachelor's of music education, um, always like led worship. That's kind of where I grew up in uh, finding one of those first things that I was really gifted at as far as what I feel like the Lord built in me. And so like life was good. I loved working in churches. I loved that life and that community and that special feeling and if anybody out there has worked at a church or you've been an intern or um there's that sweet time of like it's just so much fun um especially if you are like a youth intern and you are hanging out with kids all the time and you're doing fun stuff and crazy videos and crazy events or whatever and so and so I loved it it was so so great Fast forward, I met Zach, my husband, and we like just fell in love. We are best friends. We met in college at Washtenaw. 
We graduated in 2014, got married in 2015. Um, I know, small town Baptist college, and we didn't get married during college. What? And so we got married. He, we both were at separate jobs across the state of Arkansas at the time before we got married. I was teaching in Hot Springs. He was um, pastoring at a church in his hometown. He grew up in a small town, and um, he, right out of college, got offered this youth pastor position with a bunch of people that he knew and loved, people that were so integral in his faith journey as a believer in Christ and as he became a Christian and those people really helped mold him and shape him and a little bit of background there um he grew up in in a small town in a a separated family which by no means is a bad thing but it is a hard thing and so having people around you was super important at that time as a young student and then as a teenager and then going into college and so these people were huge parts of his life and once that was offered to him um it was it just seemed like a good fit and we were excited to do ministry together we were excited to do ministry in a town where we knew it needed it and these students needed it and they definitely did and so we got married in 2015. I left my job from Hot Springs. I had a really great job in Hot Springs as a high school and junior high choir teacher and music teacher, even though I looked like a high schooler. And But we really felt like, you know, well, this this is a good fit. And so I left my job. It paid more. It was in a really great town. But I left. And we, and we were happy to do that. We were so happy to do that. It wasn't, I mean, there were conversations and at first I was like, I don't want to leave. I just got here. But in that beginning of your career, especially in education, you probably move around a little bit from year to year. Um, and so we made the move to the town where he grew up and started ministry. And I've got a rinky-dink job at a school out in an even smaller town of like less than a thousand people. It was way less money, but at the time we were very blessed by his income, my income, and then um, being able to live um, in his parents' old house where they did not live. And we just kept it up for them because they were traveling and we... um, basically got to live rent free. So that was pretty fantastic. We loved doing ministry there. We loved it. There were so many kids that he knew as a, as they were children and he might've been like their youth intern growing up. There were a lot of people, you know, at this church that he grew up with in high school that were still living there. And so we got to do life with them. We had amazing friends that, were our age and couples and um, some couples like with no kids and then some with kids. And so that's always like a great balance if you don't have kids. Um, And it was like, it was a hard time because it was our first year of marriage. Right. Um, And it was super fun, but it was, it was still like this transition of getting used to things. And at this time, I mean, I'd been living in Arkansas away from my family for about five years. And so we started ministry 
it was great. Um, we were growing and, and really, um, it was exciting. And it was, it was kind of weird for me because I had been on staff at churches, but now I wasn't, I was a pastor's wife and I was on the worship team and I was a volunteer. And so that was kind of a funky thing, but it basically still felt like I worked at a church. Not that I was like asking for that, but, um, I mean, I was at every event that I could. Um, also in the middle of this, that, uh, the fall of 2015 is when I started my Rodana Fields business. And so that was the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. Now with, you know, it wasn't this major whatever at the time I thought it really was, but I, and I took it seriously. And so I wanted to work hard and make it, make it happen. And, um, and so at that time I was focusing on that and my job and, So I made it to most things. And in the in the beginning stages, Zach was super hungry for guidance in this job. And um we looking back, looking back on this situation, there was a lot of signs. Um but I mean hindsight is twenty twenty and I think as we all look back on things we we realize we realize it later. And, and the goal is to just become a little more aware and proactive about things in the middle of it. But regardless, um, you know, the goal was to grow this youth ministry, it, to grow it from handfuls of kids to hundreds of kids, not for numbers sake, but because we wanted to share the gospel with students in this town because they needed it. And so that's what he did. That's what we did. We grew we did events we did outreach we had summer camp and um there was a lot of things that happened over the next year or so that were super great that were such great indicators of growth um as you know thinking about if you own a business if you are doing the same thing over and over expecting different results I mean, that's the definition of insanity. And so we got creative. He got creative. Um, We were there for about two years. And there were some things that happened that in a small town, if you don't, if you don't, aren't familiar with like things in a small town, ministry in a small town, um, everybody talks, everybody knows everybody, which is really um, kind of a difficult thing. And there were just a lot of things that happened. And so that were not great relationship building things. There was not a lot of trust amongst different parties, whether staff to my husband or families to him. And so it was the summer of... 2016 so he he had already been there a year so he was there for two years at this point the summer of 2016 it was like late July so thinking as a teacher I'm about to go back to work we have professional development and you know school starts on August 20th or whatever but teachers have training from like August 4th to whatever and uh one day 
We had youth group on Wednesday night. We went over and had dinner at Colton's, if you know what Colton's is. <laughs> it's kind of like a, um, a, what's the word? Like a second tier steakhouse kind of thing. But they have really dope rolls and, and like cinnamon and butter. Anyway, um, we had dinner and he said, so my boss came in today to my office and said, hey, the elders are thinking about letting you go. And then he, I don't really remember what he said at that point, but he said a bunch of stuff about what they were thinking and how everybody was feeling about how the ministry was going for the past couple of years and just like they were unhappy with all this stuff and um, people, just a bunch of stuff that this was super left field at the moment it was very left field it was we did not understand what was happening and it was one of those situations where um in a nutshell they ran us off and they were not going to change their minds they were unhappy they were not willing to explain what had happened why they were upset they were not willing to explain why they did not want to invest the time in the student ministry to help they were not willing to explain why they did not shepherd and guide Zach a little bit more if if they had wanted some sort of result they were wanting this certain result for the ministry and it wasn't matching up but it was two years later it was two years later. And so their solution is to say, well, hey, you know, we just don't think this is a fit. Well, it's been two years. That's on you. That's on you. And so in that moment, if you've ever had this kind of moment, your world is kind of crashing down. And so what we kind of came to is, just from everything that was happening and everything that was being said, they did not want us there. Um, they said a lot of things that were very hurtful to us and, and not just like, oh, we don't like the way that you, you know, play games with the kids. No, they made a lot of character judgments, a lot of, um, things that just could have been taken care of by simple communication, by opening up a dialogue to come have a conversation with us, sit down with us or with, with him and say, hey, it's been six months. Let's talk about how things are going so far. And keep in mind, at the beginning of this position, they said, we're starting from ground zero. We want you to take this ministry and run with it. We have no structure specifically in mind. We want you to make it your own and do what you need to do to like love on the kids and show them Jesus. And so that's what he did. And that's what we did. And so then when this came and of course, just like any job, just like any business, you're going to have people that are unhappy with what you do or with how you think or what you say or, um, 
your opinions. And so there were unhappy parents, which there always are, whether you're in education and ministry, whatever, there are going to be unhappy parents for whatever reason. Um, but the biggest thing in this whole situation was there was no communication. It was everybody talking to each other in own private conversations and not coming to us. And there is a literal, if you believe in the Bible and you believe that that is God breathed truth, if you have a problem with someone, you go to that person and say, hey, I think there's something going on. Can we sit down and talk about this? It is really hard. I hate doing that personally. I'm not great at confrontation. I'm definitely getting better at it. But that's not my favorite thing. I don't think it's a lot of people's favorite thing. Um, and so a lot of this just went unregulated, if that's the right word, um, or just uncommunicated. And so here we are in the last, the last few days of July, and he, it looks like he's about to be out of a job for a lot of unknown or silly reasons. And we were just stuck. We were shocked um, with the way the ministry had grown and the way like people's lives had been changed. You would not think anything else. You would not think, oh, yeah, well, this, this guy's not doing what he's supposed to. Um, it was very, very, very confusing and very, very sad. And one of the biggest things for me, and I, I'm telling you all this, I'm telling you all of this from the bottom of my heart, from how I feel and how I felt. And I'm saying, I'm not saying that we were, per, that we are perfect. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I really can only speak for myself. But when someone said, oh, well, you guys can probably just move back to Dallas. I mean, I don't think you wanted to be here anyway. You're from a big city. When someone said that about me, that was the moment that I knew they did not want us here. Um, never did I ever say those words. Never did I ever say, yeah, being in a small town sucks. I lived in a small town for four years in college. I don't give a, I don't give a crap about a small town. I care about people and that was one of the most hurtful things to hear is, oh, well, you know, you'd probably be happy to get out of here. Screw that. And no, that's not how I feel at all. Do you know how much I love these kids? Do you know how much I love being in this community? Yeah, things can change in this church. Yeah, we can definitely change our ways because some people are really set in their ways. But we're here. We had planned to be in this town for the long haul. We wanted to buy a house in this town. We wanted to raise a family in this town. Um, and then we did it. And so the next couple of weeks were kind of a whirlwind. We decided after more conversations with the staff and still no answers, um, no real answers, a lot of BS answers. Zach and I just had a moment where we looked at each other and we said, okay, I think we're moving. We just need to leave. We're not going to be 
they I mean they just ran us out of town basically um and they didn't really give us another choice in a small town like that you everybody's gonna know what happened and everybody's gonna know if you show up at a different job like if he got a job at a bank and then all of a sudden he's like oh well weren't weren't you a pastor and so we were not about to do that to ourselves or to anybody else um and in that split, there was a lot of people that chose sides, which is so sad. And we didn't ask anybody to do that, but there are people that will not talk to us anymore. And it's so pathetic. It's so pathetic. Um, and so, and keep in mind, all of this was super trivial. Like, it's not like we both m- murdered someone and then tried to get away with it. And then, you know... Um, it's just strange. It's super strange. Um, and what a waste of time, what a waste of life. I can't even, there's, there's so much. That's why I wanted to, to share this, um, on this episode. So the next couple of weeks we decide we need, we need to just go. He resigns and put his two weeks in after I had, four to six different interviews on the phone in person in Arkansas in Texas he started looking for jobs in Texas in other parts of Arkansas and we just said whoever gets a job first we're gonna leave we're gonna go um I did FaceTime I did video calls phone calls emails back and forth for the for like 48 hours straight about getting a job Cause we were scrambling. Cause at this point after these few days rolled by and those days were long days. And by now it was like August 4th. Okay. Teachers are already going back to work at this point. So I land a job in Richardson ISD here in Dallas and Texas. And really that, like that was by the grace of God. I had a friend who had taken a job and then she changed her mind and said, Hey, I changed my mind (laughs) and so I kind of swooped in and um and got that out and it wasn't the best job I I was teaching at three different schools I was traveling every single week and every day almost and it was a nightmare um so I packed my stuff I didn't get to say goodbye to anybody because school was starting I had to go we had to have money I had to work I packed up um, this was probably like August 9 or 11 or 10. I don't know. I know I started that job August 11th that year. I packed up as much as I could, moved back to Texas. My parents still live in McKinney. We, they were like in the loop with what was happening. So they said, come live with us until you guys, you know, get on your feet and, and whatever. We move in with my parents for, I was there a little bit longer, but Zach finished up his two weeks at the church. I started my job and then he was, I was without him for like two weeks, which isn't a super long time, but at that time it was just really, really hard. And so I was like, this sucks. And then I'm moving back with my parents, which just feels sad. But also I was like, thank God. Um, I started that job and it was hard and 
I drove from Bikini to Richardson every single day for like four weeks, which if anybody knows Dallas traffic is a friggin' nightmare. So I was in the car for like over two hours every single day just to get to work. We finally um, get an apartment in Richardson close to my school. Zach gets here at the end of August and we, he doesn't have a job and we are, you know, living off of my income and we had lots of friends that live in DFW, which is really great. And so, especially like friends from college. So, you know, he's looking for a job. He starts working at Target, like working so hard and we're doing that. I'm working my business with Rodan and Fields. I'm working this job as a teacher and we are struggling. <laughs> like that's a huge life change, um, life event. If you move, if you change jobs, if you have a kid, if someone dies, if th- those things are big. And so we, but with the nature of everything, since I had to work and school was starting for me as a teacher and things like that, we did not have time to stop and take a breath and just cry if we needed to, yell if we needed to, get mad if we needed to. We just had to work and it sucked. It was so hard. All the while, we're both struggling in our own ways and on different levels because this was his job and he just lost it and well resigned. Then he had to stand up in front of that whole congregation of hundreds and hundreds of people and say that this was what God was leading us to do, which was, but that's what he was asked to say. And then he had to leave and he didn't really get to say goodbye to many people either. So once we got to Texas, we were both grieving in our own ways. And for me, that was um, being a little more like introverted and then working more. So working my business more, working because I was like, well, this business can provide. And at times, my Rodan and Fields business, if we did not have that, we would have really had a hard time. So if I had not been building something prior to, we would have been really struggling um, or be in more debt than just student loans now. And so we were just both grieving on our own, but like life still goes on. And that's what's the hard, that is what is the hardest part is that if you can't take a beat, then it just keeps piling on. And it was so difficult. Um, We finally, after several months of being here and um, just, sin and Satan in this whole situation rearing its ugly head into our lives and into that apartment room. We went to counseling together. Um, not because of, not that this would be a bad thing. I wouldn't be embarrassed to say this. Um, not as in marriage counseling cause we were fighting and we were whatever. 
Um, but counseling for us, cause we needed to heal and we needed to figure our ish out. And so we went for several months, um, sometime, most of the time together, sometimes separately. And it was really helpful all the while moving back to Dallas. We did not go to church for a long time long time it felt like a long time I mean me going to church my whole life since I was like born for months we didn't go to church we visited several churches um and then we just took some more time off and people probably thought that we were terrible for not going to church well I mean this is how you heal or you know find a small group or no stop stop you need if if you have someone in your life that's struggling with um post church wounds i guess let them figure it out let them heal the last thing that they need to be told is that they need to go back to a place where they were once hurt and let me let me say this it's not about church it's about people. Okay, so if you're trying to help someone in that situation, don't ask them to come to church. Meet them where they are. Meet them where they are. And some people may disagree with me. I really don't care. <laughs> um, because maybe you've not experienced this. So through this transition, we both had a lot of change in our minds and doubt and what the heck (laughs) and why all of these questions we were angry we were mad at God we were so confused we were like well then what is all of this like why are we doing that why and and it I don't know it may me it may not be coming across that of how how this felt or how it was for us. Um, but I mean, what was so, what was so hard was these were people that we loved. These were people that loved Zach. These were people that helped him grow up in Christ or at least just helped him in life. Navigating as a teenager, trying to keep him out of trouble. (laughs) And they wouldn't just talk to us. They wouldn't just tell us. And instead, now, when we go back to visit, they will not even acknowledge what happened. They will not even talk to us. So, to be honest, I don't know if this is right or wrong. Um, Maybe this is my version of taking the high road. When we run into those people, I'm not going to give them the time of day because... I can't do that to myself, but also I don't have time to wallow in that again. I don't have time to relive that. And if they're not going to come halfway and have a conversation about it or genuinely ask how we are, I'm not going to waste my time. I will. I'm, and if they approach and they say hi, you know, I'll say hi, you know, if we're like in Walmart or something, but that's about it. Um, you know, 
maybe there's there's going to be one day where we go back and um, we say something. I don't know. I don't know. That's just not where we are. Um, and, and sometimes I think to myself, oh, my gosh, Amanda, it's been two and a half years. You, sh- you need to get over this. You need to get over this. But I don't think so. <laughs> I think it was a big deal and it was very earth shattering and faith shaking. Um, and so, yeah. Um, after we kind of moved here, got settled, went to counseling and, um, that wasn't just for like a few months. I mean, we went back as we felt like was necessary and when we needed to and things like that. Um, and there, there was a period, like I mentioned a little bit ago where for me, it, the struggle and the grief manifested in working more, um, because I was so worried about money, but also I didn't want to deal with my own stuff. And so I worked more. I started a blog. I thought that was the right thing to do. I went to all these events. I was gone a lot. Um, and I neglected to like take care of what was going on at home. And there were a lot of times where I thought, oh, well, I'm going to not work. I'm going to do a Dana Fields event because I'm trying to make more money. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to whatever. Um, when uh, like the time lost was way more valuable than what any money I could have ever made. Um, and so that was really detrimental. And I really learned a lot in that season um, because we were both grieving and in different ways. And especially in that time, like when, again, I will try not to speak for Zach, but when he didn't have a job, I mean, if anybody has ever not had a job, wow, that is a bad feeling, you know, or is if anybody has ever been laid off or, um, whatever, or let go or whatever euphemism you want to use. And for whatever reason, I'm not going to get into as a man, like he was not doing good. (laughs) Like he was like, I'm the man, you know, I have to provide and, and here I am. I don't have a job. Well, it's not your fault and it's really nobody's fault, but theirs. And, and so that was really a hard, a hard season. I learned a lot there. Um, so over the next few years, we, I think the, the best way we found healing was like just letting ourselves grieve through it and go through it. Um, I grew up a lot in the last couple of years, as in I used to, to be, I don't know, I used to be a little bit of a pushover, um, a little more like soft and sweet. I don't know. People might still think I'm sweet. I don't know. Um, but especially now as an entrepreneur and a business owner, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that part. I just grew up a lot, (laughs) especially moving back, back to Dallas to a huge city. Also keep in mind, Zach had never lived anywhere over 10,000 people. And so then we moved to DFW 
and he it freaked his bean a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if anybody has ever heard that phrase. It freaked him out a little bit. Um, not terribly, but it was like, I mean, think about it. If you, it's like when I first mo- moved to Arkadelphia, which you probably don't know where that is to go to college, there were like 10,000 people. And I was like, what is this little rinky dink town? Where, where's the target? <laughs> where's the TJ Maxx? Nope. It's an hour away. All right. Um, so, so back to, we, we healed by just giving ourselves time. Um, we eventually like visited around with different churches. Um, we went to Dallas Bible church for a while. Um, I got, I led in their worship team, got involved there. And then for whatever reason, it just didn't feel like a really great fit. And so we went back to five stone community church in Garland and I made things too more, more complicated than they should be, which is what I do sometimes. But when we moved back here, I was like, well, this is the first time we ever get to choose where we want to go to church. We've always worked in churches, so you don't have an option. Um, so in my mind, I was like, let's shop around. Like, let's just visit. And so we visited probably five different churches. Um, finally came back to five stone, which is where we should have stayed the whole time because like literally a dozen people that we went to college with, go there and we actually genuinely love those people they weren't just like acquaintances we did life with those people we lived with in dorm rooms with some of those people and we came back and I was like well now we just wasted a lot of time so we've been back there for about a year now um serving on the worship team together um and right there I could cut it and say oh we're finally healed we're all good we're like serving on the worship team everything is good um that's definitely not the case at all I think we have definitely both taken stock of what we believe and how we feel and that's a scary thing to do so coming from my perspective growing up in church and like oh well you just always know about Jesus you just always know about the bible and it's true and it's God and it's this and there's no reason to question because you're a kid and you're growing up in a great home and you're doing this and you're going to school and whatever. Um, so I've done a lot of questioning of what I believe and things like that. And I've definitely had people tell me, well, like, you know, say, say certain things. And, and my response is like, I still love Jesus. My relationship with Jesus is changing and growing and I'm asking questions and I may not believe xyz anymore i may not um think that this is how church should be done or this is whatever but at the root of it like isn't that okay that like i believe in in jesus and and there were times where i was like i don't even know like i don't even know i don't understand what's even happening can you believe in a god that like you can't see and all that stuff that just seems super intangible which for me is like oh I can't do that I gotta have something in my hands or on paper or in a google doc and um but I mean the only thing that I can say is that I know that Jesus is the only hope that I have because I've experienced um him and the Holy Spirit and 
that that's not something that I can deny because I know I've had those experiences and I've walked with Christ for a long time. Now, I think there was a lot of time where I just like put him on hold and I was like, let me get you in my calendar later, Jesus. But, um, and it's still hard. It's still hard. It's just, it's, there's a lot of why, why would I, there's a lot of why did this happen? There's a lot of, well, why, you know, invest the time, whatever. And so, um, now I, I see a lot of struggle with all things churchy, if you will, churchy phrases, churchy music, churchy jargon, things like that. Um, because I feel like I can smell a phony a mile away, but I've had to kind of let some of that go for the sake of building relationships with people, especially now serving on the worship team, which I'm so excited about. It's like one of the most fun teams I've ever been a part of. Um, so thanks Noah, (laughs) but it's, it's still hard. It's still like, well, I don't really want to read my Bible. I don't really want to go to a small group. I don't really want, I would rather just spend time with people getting to know them and having real conversations like this and saying what you're really thinking and feeling. And then be being willing, and that's not the right way to say it, but praying together or just being there to support one another, giving each other time or resources when it's needed. I think that is what life is about. It's not about, did you do your Bible study this week? I am done with a lot of legalistic thinking and philosophy that's not theology theology is not your checklist and I'm not I am not an expert on theology my husband's the one that with the degree in theology and he and well again I can't speak for him but yeah um so that's I mean that's kind of where I am now I like still struggle with that and one of the biggest ways that I think I connect with um wanting to grow in Christ and wanting to seek him more and seek out more, more answers is worship music. And I know it sounds really cliche for those who grew up in church and all that stuff. But, um, I mean that, that fosters, uh, me communicating with Christ and being more receptive to the Holy spirit more than anything. Um, more than sitting down and reading something because I, I hate to read. Um, anybody who knows me really well is like, yeah, I don't think I've seen a man read a book. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, even church is a struggle. Like going, like if I'm, if we're not leading worship that Sunday, it's a struggle to go because, you know, it's it's really hard to not, judge whoever is up there speaking but again in the last I would say the last year six months I've been able to kind of let that go because I don't know their story they are serving the Lord the best that they can and leading that church so like kudos to them 
And I, you know, and so I just, we've said, you know, let's just get to know them better. Let's just get to know them better. And so Pastor Jerry is like great and we love him. Um, and he knows our names, <laughs> which is great. Not a lot of pastors would, you know, be that invested. Um, and so that that's kind of where we are. And I mean, it's been, it's been a journey for sure. And it's been a, a long road. We're still going down it both in different ways. Um, and it's just one of those things. And so I just wanted to share all of that today so that number one, I just wanted to be vulnerable and honest, but cause I know I, I felt like I needed to, I felt like I was supposed to. Um, so I did. And also just to let you know that like, if something like that has happened to you before, like you're not alone, you're not crazy. Um, your feelings are always valid. Stop and take inventory of yourself too. You know, cause we, we did, I, I was like, well, what, what did, I mean, I'm, a, I'm the kind of person I want people to like me. Oops. I want people to like me. I want people to be happy with me. And so I was like, well, what did we do? What did I do? What did I do wrong? Why are they upset with me? But anyway, that's just kind of beside the point. Um, also, most of this, I wrote bullet points out of what I wanted to talk about, but I did not want to script this out because I wanted it to really come from my heart um, and my mind. And I haven't really told that story in quite a while, but um, I would hope that I'm headed in a direction that in my business, in this podcast, through Dallas Girl Gang, through my the fearless conference through everything that I do I it is now the reason why I don't do anything that is quote-unquote a faith-based business or faith-based fill-in-the-blank I don't want it to be that I don't I don't want it to be that at all because number one it deters people who are not proclaimed Christians away from something that could be great and somewhere they could find community. And number two, I would rather them see that there's something different about me, which I think as Christians, if you are, if you're a believer and you've been in the church, like we hear that a lot, but I would rather them see, wow, I don't really know why Amanda's doing all this stuff. Um, and she's still teaching full time and, you know, she must have a reason. She must have a reason. And, and I do, I want, I, I want what I do to speak more volumes about who Christ might be. And I'm not perfect at it by any means. Um, but that is my hope. And when I say I'm not perfect, I'm definitely not. Sometimes, um, I can get I don't even know the word sometimes, especially when it comes to business, um, taking the high road is hard and being there. This is a whole nother conversation, but after we left, I had this sense of, I can't believe I left this part out. 
I didn't have anybody to prove anymore. Anybody to prove? Nope. I didn't have anything to prove to anyone anymore. I didn't. So I was like, screw it. I don't care. And that is kind of where I I felt like, "Mm, no, I'm just going to do me. And that came with a lot of, um, more freely, like using language that I had never used before because now I was in Dallas and I was networking and it was kind of like, this is like the influence and like how, I don't know. Um, so like that's still a struggle because I feel like in a, in a, in a way, so I'm going to say this and you can judge me on what you want, but I'm sure there's people out there that are like, Oh yeah, I feel like that. I felt like I earned it. (laughs) I felt like I had been through so much, whatever. I was like, well, I really don't care anymore. I have done this thing my whole life and now I have no one to prove and I'm just whatever. Um, but I, I still think especially professionally, there's a way to draw that line. Um, but yeah, I should have said that a lot earlier, but, um, I appreciate you listening to this long episode and there it is <laughs> like there, there it all is. Um, that's a big part of my story. Um, and still overall, like I am extremely blessed to live where I do, do what I do. Um, have the people in my life that I do family, my husband, friends, and it just, it sucked, but it's a lot of motivation of why I do what I do now. Um, so thank you for listening to this story. I would love to hear, I mean, if you're sitting there and you're listening, you're like, Oh my gosh, I, I get it. Or I've been there or in some form or fashion, shoot us an email at the fearless woman podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah, that's it. This is a weird episode, but that's all.